All right, hello, and welcome to Wednesday in Westeros. I'm Todd A., and with me is Emily Kelly, first of her name, maker of video games, mother of cats, Khaleesi of fan theories, the get turnt ruler of her condo. Emily, Hi. <laughs> hello, I should say, a more, re- and more queenly, a more queenly voice. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a bad weekend for Irish people. Um, ah, I know, man. <laughs> I was like... And I don't really even care about boxing that much. Like I used to watch boxing or like MMA, like more as you know, a teenager as a young person, because um, I come from a family of boxers. But so I'm at this like, fi- sorry, this is a tangent before we go off on our tangents. But I was at this yeah. really super fancy event um, for my grandfather because he was a um, a professor at Mort Park College here in LA for like 34 years, and so it was their 50th. So we're like at the Ron Reagan Library. I'm wearing this floor length dress, and I'm just like, like totally like. <laughs> people are giving speeches and stuff and I'm like watching people's periscopes of the live stream of the fight <laughs> on my phone like sitting at this table and so yeah I was really super I'm like what are you why are you like this Emily but no it's fine <laughs> I mean <laughs> well if it was if the if it was an Irish grandpa he probably would have approved so Pitt Reynolds so yeah but he doesn't he was just kind of minding uh-huh. his own business <laughs> yeah and Reagan too he's another Irishman I guess indeed uh-huh. Uh, anyway, <laughs> sorry. I was uh, typing. Oh, I mean, I led us on that that uh, tangent. I'm sorry. Uh, Why are we here I to was, talk about anyway? <laughs> yeah, we're here to talk about um, what was this episode called? The Dragon and the Wolf, um, yeah. Game of Thrones, season seven, episode seven. The end of this season, probably the last episode we get for like ten year years. Oh, <laughs> so upset about that. I was yeah. literally typing, um, and obviously we'll get to the the thing later. <laughs> but I was literally typing. Uh, uh, I was taking notes like kind of quickly as I was watching it, and I typed. Overall, it's a very typical final final episode for the season. I thought there'd be more cliffhangers, and then right then, the crazy <laughs> shit happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now it's like, oh, I'm just why can't season eight be here by the end of the year i just feel like there's just not a lot of like cliffhangers left either right almost every uh, storyline is wrapped up right yeah Mm -hmm. except the big one i guess um so with that like right when you and i got on the line you said your jaw was on the floor for most of this episode Mm -hmm. um and i told you i would just like maybe I'll just take you through it and you just tell me where your jaw is on, on the floor or you okay. take me through it with that. Um, <laughs> I mean, were you like from, uh, was there anything unexpected, I guess, in the dragon pit scene? Was there anything that was, was shocking you there? Um, I actually was really shocked when, and it was like typical, like, why, why don't I learn my lessons about stuff? But, um, when, <laughs> you know, they do this whole thing at first, I was like, shit, like the thing isn't going to move or like, do anything like oh my god this was all for nothing and so then finally it was such a I, honestly it was like more of an effective demonstration than I ever thought it was like gonna be so I was kind of shocked by that like oh my god this was super legit like it tried to kill them they chopped it in yeah. half and it moved like Quiburn was very interested in it like I was surprised that it worked as well as it did especially when Cersei's like okay cool like we're gonna do this like I'm um, truce truce you know like f this yeah. thing and, but then, of course, in typical Cersei Game of Thrones fashion, she's like, but um, right. this John thing. 
Well, which um, I, you're totally right. That was a way more effective demonstration than I thought too. I mean, this whole scheme has sounded so suspect to me from the beginning, but that was really terrifying. I, for one, bought Euron's like, you know, like cowardice in that moment. Yeah, he's like, who's um, <laughs> And and then I also loved that Cersei had that kind of card to play, that loyalty card, and the or, or maybe not loyalty, but fealty. You know, mm-hmm. to ask John not to take up arms against her. I thought that was great. Um, I do wonder why, you know, uh, I guess what was revealed in a later scene is that she probably knew he would uh, turn her down, you know, by that point. Um, I kind of think, like, once we got that Jamie Cersei scene later that we figured out, like, oh, she's actually sort of planned this with Euron and, um, you know, maybe knew she could corner John. And, yeah, and like, she had no intention, kind of really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, one of the questions I wrote down was, uh, why even bring Theon to this parlay? <laughs> um, that was a very confusing moment for me. I don't know. I just think like John and like I've said, John and, and Danny are like perfect cinnamon rolls. And I think they were like, they would be, you know, they would feel bad if they didn't bring him. <laughs> like, Gosh, they were just like, such a- why not? I guess, you know, like, okay, Theon, you can come too. <laughs> Well, and then and then the big question that uh, I asked you also right before we started rolling uh, was, uh, why does John dress like it's freezing everywhere? He <laughs> is like, um, he looks know. like me in the early 90s trying to be a grunge rocker. <laughs> With so his hair slicked back. Yeah, I, well, I mean, winter is here, so it would be colder. And then when we saw, obviously, like, later in the episode, like it legit started to snow in in King's Landing, which is not yeah. snowed like since the last winter, like 10, 10 years previous or, or 15 years previous. Um, I don't remember the exact date, but it was before Bran. I remember Bran was a summer baby. And so he's like 15 years old at this point. So it was before yeah. that. Anyway, so um, yeah, I think it's funny, but I'm, I'm kind of noticed that about their costumes in general of, you know, that Brienne dresses in a lot of layers with her armor that even Cersei, all of her dresses are long sleeved with fur, armor, like all this kind of stuff. But it is kind of funny that he's like, it looks very beautiful. And like, I'm sure they filmed it like in Spain or Croatia or something like this beautiful yeah. tropical place. And then they're like in all this like <laughs> Ikea rugs you know, yeah. just like hanging out. Somebody, so some funny. assistant is emerging out of the pit every five minutes to wipe the sweat off his face. Yeah, <laughs> like, like spritzing them a little bit. Him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I just, it's funny because I think he's kind of a little dude. And I think that. Uh, yeah, he's only like 5'7 or 5'8. Yeah. Yeah. He's like my height. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is fine. That's why I love that joke in the last episode where, where, Cersei, or um, Danny goes, he's too small for me. I'm like, sick burn. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. So uh, I, you have spoken on previous episodes this year of your like anxiety that you felt through different episodes. Yeah. And I definitely felt that when Tyrion went to talk to Cersei alone. I That, huh. so, so did your talk. <laughs> Jesse, um, it's okay, baby. Yeah, that, I, <laughs> she's I very just, concerned. I, I was, she was anxiety too. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. I was just, I was very scared for those left in the dragon pit, and I didn't understand like why. You know, I don't know. It just didn't make sense to me. Um, just, just throwing that out there in case you had any reaction to that uh, at all. We, no, not really. I mean, I was more concerned like for Tyrion. I was like, holy shit, he's not coming back. Oh, like, really? He's yeah. deaf gonna die. 
Um, I was, but I just <laughs> liked it. <laughs> I liked that it was like, you know, they got to have a little breather. And I love the, the speech between all of them of like, did you never learn to lie? Or like, have you ever thought about lying? Yeah. Um, and yeah. I mean, the writing this season, for whatever it's worth, has been so good in the in callbacks and kind of like subtleness of stuff for because for me there was that whole you know she was trying to say like yeah you know your ned was um you know an honorable man like his word meant something and i i would assume that his son's word also means something and i think that john was both like yes my word means something because i already pledged myself to denarius but that he's also you know he it was really um when he gives the speech to theon of the you can be both was yeah. so good obviously later in the episode where you can he, you know he is both the best qualities of stark and targaryen of that he he got you yeah. know that ned's ned might not not have been his father but he got all the great qualities of ned and that that stays with him obviously um i really love that part yeah, the, I'm glad you brought that up about uh, John and Theon because that was that was. I mean, I knew it was too early, obviously, when they met on the beach several earlier, you know, this yeah. year, several episodes ago. Um, but that was kind of the moment I was I was hoping for between them of like a little tough love mm-hmm. of these two brothers that were neither not brothers, yeah, <laughs> but also not neither was a legitimate son of that father, you know. Yeah, um, no, it was really good. And I think the way that they did it was really nice. Like just the cinematography and stuff. Too, but yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like that too. I, like I also that. like it because I've um, they brought up John Aaron in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's that moment between the two, you know, not sons of Ned Stark. And I, what one thing that does not get brought up enough is that um, uh, Ned was so invested in John Aaron's death because Ned was a ward of John Aaron and actually yeah, him and Robert both. Yeah. yeah. So like why Theon turned into this total piece of shit just for being a <laughs> ward and pretending like he was a captive and all that. It's like, no, that's, I mean, that's how Ned Stark grew up. That's how Robert did. I mean, I, um, not that Robert was a very honorable person, but it, no. you know, <laughs> I can work out for some people, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, while we're talking about Theon, um, we, uh, you had mentioned, you know, at the, uh, there aren't many cliffhangers left. Mm-hmm. And for me, the Theon Yara cliffhanger, I could care less about, uh, What's your take on that? I mean, Theon has this brutal fight with another Ironborn on the on the beach. <laughs> I love that fight because I mean, you feel bad for him. You're like, dude, just like stay down a little bit. Then when the guy tries to kick him in the in the, his non-present genitalia, and he smiles, that's like one of my favorite parts because it was just like so, you know, Theon's whole thing of taking what has happened to him and using it as his strength. And I think we're finally going to get to use, or finally he is going to get to use this trauma and this, um, you know, will to survive uh, beyond himself. Finally, we're going to get to see him use it in something freaking constructive of saving his sister. And I don't really know what part they still have to play, but obviously we learned later in the episode that Euron is a faker and um, he is sailing to Essos right now to pick up the Golden Company. And so maybe there's still a part for the younger Greyjoys to play in in an epic sort of sea battle against Euron eventually. Um, but other than that, like, I don't really know what they're still doing here. 
Yeah, I mean, um, uh, it's it, you know we don't you, we don't really talk about like. Well, I don't know. We talk about uh, you know fan theories for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was about to say like spoilers, and it's not like a spoiler. I don't I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm sorry. I started a complicated preface for my own <laughs> to, to like try to do a spoiler alert, and then I was like, wait, it's not actually a spoiler. It's just a fan theory. Okay. Uh, I did see a fan theory about. Uh, Euron being the Valon Car, he is actually the younger brother, of course, of uh, what's his name, um, Theon's dad. Oh, Balin. But he killed Balon, mm-hmm. and um, so he could be the younger brother that kills Cersei. And to me, I oh. you know when I I texted that to Taylor after I watched this video today and said, this is the only thing that justifies Euron's continued presence on the show. Other than he's just really fun and handsome. But he's just, he's such a like out of left field character. Like, do we really need to like, you know, introduce him at this point? And yeah. I don't know. Um, I do, I like, uh, you know, what, what happens later in the episode, episode when we find that he is going to get the golden company, um, that he will return and be King is kind of like, oh yeah, that, you know, that all kind of fits with the logic of the show. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder if he is, if that's a good theory, if he was a little brother that they kill Cersei, which I'm referring, of course, to Maggie the Frog's prophecy where she says the Valonqar will uh, put his two hands around her throat and strangle her. Um, sure, sure. And earlier in the season, when Euron was introduced, he said, I have two good hands. <laughs> As, That's true. Which kind of thought was a cut to Jamie, mm-hmm. but may have been planting the seed. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we'll talk more about, I want to talk more about Jamie towards the end. Okay. Uh, should we jump to Littlefinger? Yes! Okay. <laughs> oh my god. So I, well, I okay, so jaw on the floor for this part. Yeah, because I was like, so, you know, they're they're playing his little game and I'm like, "Oh, this is great. Like this is this is a fun game. Thank you for introducing us." Just. And so, um yeah, when they now, Go ahead. When you say that about this is a fun game, were you thinking that just in that like earlier scene with just Littlefinger and Sansa? Yeah, just kind Littlefinger of... and Sansa. And so he's like kind okay. of running through it, um, you know, running through it with her. And I think that's really stupid of him. Like I think he, yeah. he under, I think like a lot of people underestimated Sansa and her intelligence and her, her um, strategic sort of mind. And I think he, I mean, this was his own undoing. And maybe she had an inkling about him um, you know, for a long time, obviously he, she saw him murder her aunt and all these things, but I think it wasn't until then where she really like the wheels clicked into place to start turning of like, what's the worst thing I can think about him? And, yeah. oh my God. And it was just such a beautifully, like, um, the setup of the shots in the scene. I don't know if they did this intentionally, but at the big table where, um, Sansa and Bran was sitting on Sansa's yeah. right, there's an open space. And um, I don't, yeah. And I don't know if it's reserved like for John, but in my mind, I was like, that's for Arya. Like that's a, Uh I really wanted her to come into the room and, you know, Sansa's going to be like, you know why I called you here, Arya, or like something like that. And Arya will just kind of like step up and take a seat at the table with them. And it just, I really wanted this shot, like this pullback shot of the three Stark siblings. <laughs> I really wanted it and they didn't give it to me. There was another opportunity too near the end where um, Sansa and, and 
Aria are like talking about, you know, giving quotes about their, their dad and their house. So I really wanted that. Anyway, so yeah, when Sansa, when, when, when well, I Sansa. It, I, I love you bring that up because I actually had to rewind, like the first time Brand spoke, I had not even seen him sitting at the oh, table. Oh, really? I automatically noticed it. Or I didn't notice it was Brand. So when I heard that voice, I was like, wait, what? Where is he? <laughs> yeah, he's sitting. Rewind. Yeah. sitting. Sorry, I thought he was in the back of the room. Like he was like surprise witness. <laughs> he comes rolling in, you know? I know, Actually. I no, when, well, yeah, when Sansa, when Sansa, um, yeah, when Sansa starts of the, the, the charges of murder and treason. How do you plead? And there's a pause, and I just said Lord Baelish, and she said Lord Baelish, and I just go, <laughs> oh, I like hit Peter. Like I'm like, yeah, I always hit Peter when things happen, like on the show. And it was just, it was so, um, yeah. I mean, you have you have it in the show notes that it was really weird, but like I thought this was super awesome because this was like the way, like this was the, this is kind of the only way he could have gone out is he would have never let himself get into a trap like this otherwise. Um, right. And so I, this was so stokable for me. Like I just fucking loved it. His whole, like trying to wiggle out of it was the only thing he knows how to do, which is like get her alone so that mm -hmm. he can, you know, uh, worm tongue um, his way into like telling her he's right or something like that. Yeah. Um, no, they did it yeah. obviously the whole, the super correct way. And finally, Bran was useful for something. Um, and so was Royce. <laughs> oh, I always liked Royce. I thought he was cool. He's really cool in the books too. But yeah, he was finally just, he was just like the head shake of like, mm -mm, you ain't going nowhere. But oh, this yeah. was such yeah, a great... Yeah, this was just such a relief in his armor. Yeah, it's cold. You gotta like yeah. players, man. No, this was <laughs> such a cool end for Littlefinger. Like, and it was just a perfect. You know, it's one of those like poetic justices, like yeah. that he led Ned into a trap in in largely the same way, and the fact yeah. that he was killed by that same dagger. You know, it's beautiful. Oof. It was perfect. I so. did. I mean, did you? I guess one of the reasons my reaction was this is the weirdest way it would go down was because since the introduction of that dagger and Arya's reappearance at Winterfell, I really thought it would be sort of sneakier. You know, I thought mm. we would be seeing more of Arya's like a ninja side where mm. that um, just slides out in a, you know, in a dark shadowy hallway or something. And we're like, oh, my God, who, you know, who's she going for? And then it turns out to be him. Yeah, I mean, I still think uh, it was I think this was more Sansa's moment than anything like obviously yeah. he had hurt her the most um yeah. so i think it was better that it was you know as aria says later you know she was just the executioner you know that this was sansa's revenge to take for their for herself and for her family you know as the kind of default lady of of um winterfell uh, to event help avenge her mother and or their father and all these things so um, I'm glad that it was more of this how to play this, you know, this literal Game of Thrones, that it was it was Sansa's plan. And I kind of wish, though, that there had been more, um, you know, little alluding scenes of the three of them kind of meet like her, her Bran and Arya meeting together or Bran kind of giving Arya a nod, you know, something to show that they were in this together. And that would made a, that would have made more sense to me. But yeah, whatever. I agree. But but I do like what you said about how this was like such a great way for it to go down, especially oh, like yeah. that trial in front of witnesses to have, you know, I, I think it made sense to everyone there where um, Littlefinger's trying to do everything in the shadows. And if Arya and Sansa had taken care of him in the shadows, mm -hmm. it just would have sort of 
you know, uh, played played in almost to his like kind of chaos thing of you know, yeah. Who, now who would trust? You know that they had legitimate reasons to murder him. Of Sansa really trying just to get you know John's, um, uh, whatever we want to call it, a royal title or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I yeah I, I totally agree with you. This was like a great way for it to go down, and, mm-hmm. and it was satisfying. Yeah, you really um, got to see his true colors in the end too. You know. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Him. I was just gonna say when he drops to his knees oh. to like beg, and then that's just you know and then the camera changes to to his point of view and Arya steps up whole oh, mm-hmm. yeah that was it was kind of hard to watch like you know because you never you know you want you wanted him in the end to take he literally took death sitting down like or kneeling whatever you know yeah so many of the other characters like it was hard to see um his him on his knees begging like that is kind of you know it makes you cringe a little like dude you know toughen up a little bit like there's no nothing you can right. do. At least face your doom with a sense of you know bravery. But that's just <laughs> not him. So yeah, it was all good. I that was probably like one of the, my favorite scenes um, in the were whole you, episode. Were you like like I was uh, uh, punching the sofa and screaming, "Take his face, Arya"? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure she will. You know, add it to her bag of bag of faces. But um, yeah, the fact that she slashed his throat, I was like, cool. She's probably going to wear him at some point. Maybe a, a bit of trickery for Cersei or something. Um, it, it, I hope she'll, you know, maybe, or maybe she'll just keep it. Maybe she'll like, keep him as a souvenir. I don't know. She's kind of creepy and weird. <laughs> this is Sansa says later, you know. <laughs> yeah, which was another like cool moment between them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, yeah, this just even bringing that up makes me think... Uh, of of how right you are like i wish we had seen more of them plotting this together mm-hmm. just so we understood it because it did seem like such a bad fake out for the past couple episodes you know i think i think that was kind of a reaction last week was like well if it didn't happen now that it was if it wasn't revealed now that sansa and Arya were working together then mm-hmm. it was like a you know such a i don't know just a bad idea but yeah um, i mean I, I think she there was still legit tension between them like there was still yeah. like all of that was real but then i think when sansa realized what was really happening she, mm-hmm. yeah i wish there was a scene where they had kind of all three met together to kind of be like look put our differences aside like this is what's you know this is what we have to do um and we need to get rid of him kind of thing actually i like the way you said that that's what i wanted i wanted a scene of seeing sansa some way to some like so that we could understand like you know this was Sansa's moment and she figured it out mm-hmm. that Littlefinger was, was manipulating her again um yeah that would have been great yeah uh, Sansa's the best so, <laughs> exactly John should marry her we'll get no! to that um <laughs> Stop uh, it. should we jump to Jamie now you have okay. more to say about Jamie <laughs> yeah so okay. <sighs> Poor Jamie, right? Like, she's so mean to him. Like, why does he love her so much? Like, it's so, she's like, you're the stupidest Lannister. I'm like, yo, yo. Like, he knows that. We don't have to say that. Jesus. Um, yeah, this part, I think, was the most anxiety. Because we, and I, I I don't know, because the the scene with Tyrion in the mountain, too, I was like, she could kill him in an instant. and But she doesn't, right, which right, is right. kind of telling to her character, too, of like, she, as much as she says she hates him, you know, they're still family, whatever. But when I, I was never definitely more thought it afraid would... for Jamie. Me too. That's why, Jerry. because I was like, I never thought it would come that close. And I don't think he right. did either. And obviously nothing right. happens. He just leaves, but still it was like, 
dude, like what a gut punch for Jamie of like everything that he's had to go through every, you know, rumor and snide comment and all these things of being with Cersei. And when he steps one toe out of line to do the right thing, to be a good person, she threatens to kill him. Like it was just really, I felt really, really bad for him. Like how crushing is that? Um, but it also does lend a lot of credence to my theory that ultimately, and the, everyone's theory, that Jamie will be the one to kill her. Um, because obviously now he's leaving, he's left, he's gonna be a good guy and try to fight the yeah. dead stuff. And she obviously has no intention or really doesn't care. So um, I feel really bad. But there was a shot when he's leaving about the hand, about the hand thing. Yeah. Um, where he puts the glove over his hand. And I was like, that's kind of weird. Like, I just, maybe it was the setup to show about the snow on the glove. But I was like, why on that? Like, why couldn't it be on his sword or, like, on his armor? Right. So like, why on the hand specifically? Um, no, I thought the same thing. And was I crazy for thinking that that was a different hand? I, I know earlier in the season, hmm. when, the, when there's the scene of the two of them uh, having sex, that he has just taken his hand off when she comes into the room. Hmm. And so I don't really remember, like, if, but I, I, I don't know if it was the same one. Okay. Yeah, I think because I know when it was, ones. when he first yeah. got it, it was like bright gold. Yeah. And so maybe it's just that one was definitely, I don't know. <laughs> I wondered if this was like kind of the, you know, going off to battle <laughs> hand or something. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I agree. That was that was an interesting uh, shot. I I I wonder what they're trying to communicate, or if we're just reading too much into it. Yeah, probably yeah, that. It's just but... the snow. <laughs> I yeah. know, but yeah. So snow in well, King's Landing, though, is very important. Yeah, and there's long been that suspicion of um, Brand's vision, where mm. there are ashes falling around the stupid sword chair. That possibly that's just snow, and the and the you know. Danny has a vision quite similar, though, and it is snow. Yeah. In the house oh, yeah. of the undying. And that's how it was kind of that it was like this there's snow falling in the over the chair, the sword chair, and then it like zooms to the wall, and there's that blue rose in the wall. Um, that was like one of the major things about um, L plus R plus J. Um, that was one of the mm -hmm. major backups of that theory is that she, you know, she was she prophesies or whatever had a vision about John because obviously right. the wall with the blue rose in it, it means John. So the fact that they oh. both had a, a similar vision is disconcerting. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you mean? Obviously the blue rose. In the wall oh, um, so there, come on, Todd, um, in the story of how Lana Stark and Rhaegar Targaryen met, there was at a tournament. I don't remember the name of it. It's a very famous oh, tournament. Right. Right. And so yeah, he yeah. gives her, it's like the, the queen of beauty and he gives, he should give it to his wife, Elia Martel, a crown of blue roses. There's a name for them, but he gives it to uh, Lyanna Stark. And that's like the start of their sort of romance. Right. I believe it's, am I wrong? I believe it's called a winter rose. Yes. Maybe winter rose. Um, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. There we go. I, <laughs> I'm a dumb dumb. I never saw that in Danny's dream. Um, I, I don't want to cut you short on any Jamie thoughts that you have. Um, but you know, but I, uh, but should we move? Yeah, I mean, the back only to thing, Winterfell. Yeah, the only thing I want to say about Jamie too is like 
really this was the last testament of his character. Like he's always been yeah. the best of them in a sense, like whatever the sister stuff aside, you know, that he's always been a good honorable, <laughs> a good honorable man and has tried really hard to be a good honorable man. And the fact that he was willing to abandon this woman that he loves his family, you know, his last remaining family, basically besides Tyrion to go and be the you know, a good guy is really like, this is the, 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 you know, end of his arc of, of being, not that he'll die or anything, but I just mean like that he is finally solidified himself right. as one of the good guys and he carries a Valerian steel sword with him. So that's yeah. also very important. Well, and it's kind of like, um, Olena said to him earlier, like, are you that far gone? You know, and he mm-hmm. confirms like he's that far gone in love with Cersei. But I think once, you know, it's kind of like he hit bottom, you know, yeah. <laughs> he acknowledged, uh, that he was powerless <laughs> to fight his demons um, without a higher power. And then he, you know, he he saw that higher power, that white, and and it scared the shit out of him and it like mm-hmm. brought him to the light. And so he, I do, I, one thing I really did love about this episode is all the Lannister sibling stuff, um, mm-hmm. which is, I just think it's so cool to see how well they've laid these characters out over seven seasons and, you know, the directions they've, they've gone in where it's like, maybe, you know, only Tyrion and Jamie changed. Um, Cersei certainly went from like bad to worse, but yeah. Um, but it's just, I don't know. It's just very, it's very cool to me to see what a good job those actors have done and, and how well that's been written. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Plus now there's still hope for uh, him and Brienne because, uh, you know, Tormund might not be around. Um, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> Tormund so, and Brienne forever. <laughs> so then uh, back up in Winterfell, Sam has taken the express road <laughs> from Stell <laughs> across when? all damn Westeros. He gets to Winterfell yeah. and like, uh, who Somehow. knows, the time war thing. Um, and uh, finally meets with Bran, which... I lo- obviously I loved everything about it. Um, mm-hmm. I assume this was another place where your jaw was on the floor, even though yeah. we viewers had put this information together already. It was mm-hmm. really cool to watch these two characters fit the two sides of their information together. Yeah, it was great. It was really cool. And how did you feel about the brand visions and like the, I mean, whatever we want to call them. Mm. I mean, that's just kind of what he does now as a yeah. raven. So, and I think too, um, I just really like that. I mean, like I said this last se- uh, last episode too, with the, the you know the magnificent seven. Like, this is such a cool season for bringing characters who we haven't seen together in a long time or who've never been together like together. And so, oh. I love that finally Sam and and Brand because it was like that was like season two or three that he yeah. helped them. Get- like that was a long time ago yeah so yeah so this was really cool and it was i think this was the least creepy that brand has been and i think it was really cute yeah. all the all the scenes with sam like it was such a good like comedic little break of like where he goes i became the three-eyed raven and sam's like oh like you say that like when like your grandmother says like and then i did and you're like oh that's nice nana like i don't know what you're talking about um yeah so <laughs> <laughs> uh, that actor was just like the perfect person to deliver the comedic beat there rather than like Arya and Sansa just kind of being concerned about their little brother, you know? Yeah, it was great it to was... see Sam have that that moment of like, oh, okay, great. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? So, and it was, and I funny, like the funniest thing about the whole 3 Raven thing is how just honest 
brand is about it. Like it's not like right, right. something happened to me. And it was like, I am a three-eyed raven and I see past and present and I see everything now. And people are like, uh, uh, all right, um, great, well, cool. I That was great. Um, I, yeah, finally, he should have been straightforward in that moment. That was great. Um, it was also cool. Uh, they kind of confirmed his power, which is he can see everything in the past, what's going on in the present. And he and there's this long pause, and I was sure he was going to say, and what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But because he didn't, it clarified that vision from the first episode of the season when he sees the dead marching on the wall. Mm-hmm. That was presently happening. You know, that right. wasn't like a, a future, a far future vision or anything like that. So, mm-hmm. um, and I, actually, I'll, I'll take a, a short tangent here because you mentioned the Magnificent Seven. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I really liked about, uh, you know, last week's episode, one of the really cool things was watching those those guys marching beyond the wall kind of pair up and have little, yeah. you know, character enhancing conversations. And we got a little bit of that as everybody marched into the dragon pit. And I really liked that. You know, I really liked those moments between Pod and uh, Tyrion, and then between Braun and Tyrion, and then between the Hound and Brienne, and I, I don't know. That was just I felt a good stage setting for the episode. Um, sorry, so I'll, I'll yeah. tangent back to Sam in Winterfell. Oh, yeah, I okay. <laughs> that was one of those things where I knew, you know, obviously we knew like they're going to put the pieces together. At least I hope they would. And when when Sam's face was so shot you know when it when uh when brand said no he's a sand that's what they call bastards mm-hmm. um and you just and it cuts to sam's face with this reaction i got chills i was like yes he's gonna know, confirm like, it it's amazing yeah. no and then and i, I love- loved Go ahead, I'm sorry. I'm just too excited. Oh, I, no, and then I loved, I, I mean, we could maybe pick nits on like how quickly Brand could just summon that vision from that time. Mm-hmm. But um, I really love the look that they gave to Rhaegar and that he looks just like Viserys, you know, with that hairstyle. Yeah. Um, that was just, was, that was a was very kind of cool, mad about that. <laughs> oh, really? Kind of a, yeah. <laughs> a triggering moment of, you know. Yeah, and it was mostly just like an aesthetics thing. Like, yeah, that he kind of looked too much like Viserys. But because in the books, he has like longer hair, like Danny, yeah. like lo- like more like shoulder length hair and not like chin length. But yeah, yeah. But no, it was, and it was cool that we got to see him for the very first time. And I think we talked, Taylor talked about this last episode or two episodes ago. Like, he's one of those characters that we only know from secondhand accounts. Right. Like, we only know from people talking about him. Like even Danny never met him. Like she was born after he was dead. And so it was really neat to finally see him and obviously see Leanna who we'd, we'd seen in the previous vision. And um, no, it was really um, beautiful. I think for a long time, you know, our, our plus L plus J fans, like this, this was the, moment like when finally when last season when we figured out you know john was leanna's son like that was great but this was you know this was the end all be all of like they weren't this wasn't a tragic love story. i mean it was a tragic love story in the sense that they both died but that it wasn't you know that they really honestly loved each other and wanted to have a life together and that almost in the sense that robert and ned were the bad guys in this and that's yeah. kind of oh, shocking right. yeah i loved the yeah. brand confirm that like robert's rebellion was built on a lie and it's like boom yeah it's <laughs> the, bad, the good guys solid. are the bad guys <laughs> yeah but it was really i mean and i'm glad that it was like the two of them like that it was yeah. um, sam and brand both of these two sort of um i would say 
stand-ins for George R. R. Martin himself of like the kind of storytellers of the world that they can both confirm that this is real. Like it's not just one person has the information. Now it's going to be a bunch of people. And it was kind of like, it was sort of, um, yeah, it was cool. Like I, I, I can't believe we're finally at this point where we can definitively I know. say, Oh, okay. And also though, the other major thing, and cause we've talked about this a lot of there's like a big missing character from the books that we never got to see. And that's Aegon Targaryen, little Aegon Targaryen. So the fact that right. they are saying that that is John is um, only slightly annoying, but also that it may, just makes a lot more sense. Like why introduce this other character that might not even have any bearing in the books because we're not sure um, just to have him be um, Aegon instead. That so guy. that's really cool. <laughs> Yeah, that is that's cool. You know, it's funny. Um, I didn't I didn't put that together that they were just taking you know little Egon's name and giving it to John, um, but I did I did think it was cool that they showed her saying the name. Which even a couple episodes, I said to you something about they were going to call John Jaharis because yeah. there was this uh, like Reddit uh, thread where people had like slowed that. <laughs> <laughs> like lip read her. Yeah. We were lip reading and they were like, we're pretty sure it's Jaharis. And then they, of course, they'd like trace the lineage of that name through a world of ice and fire and all that mm -hmm. stuff. So um, what a good fake out too, because, um, you know, there've been a bunch of things this season that really feel like they are writing what the fans predicted, you know, when it's kind of hard mm -hmm. to tell whether that's fan service or the fans were just really good at guessing what was going to happen. So yeah. it was kind of a, kind of an audible there. They went, well, they went True. egg on. And I like it too. Aegon, one of the most famous Aegon Targaryens is the Dragon Knight is from Duncan Egg. Um, yeah. And he was like a really good guy and really handsome and a good fighter and just like a good human. So it's got hopefully another call too of like that not all Targaryens are crazy and weird and right. you know, like bad people that, that there were some really shiny examples of them and that John and Danny both are, are also shiny examples of being Targaryens. It's kind of starting to seem like there's only one bad Targaryen. <laughs> there yes. were some other really nasty ones, like way, like okay. thousands of years ago. Like I, I, they, their lineage is really, really long, obviously. But yeah, there were some other ones that were like not cool and that like were really like um, Master, Maester Eamon, um, mm -hmm. also a secret Targaryen, but not so secret. He talked like his, he had one brother who was also like really weird. And he had like an uncle who was like super mean. You're like, there, there's some, that's what you get when you have yeah. inside your lineage. You know, some people go crazy. So, well, now that you've said that, uh, great. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about incest. The, the shipping on the ship. <laughs> shipping I on the ship. Could not believe that it was like <laughs> hard cut. To John knocking on the door, like I almost thought, like is this part of the vision? Yeah. And then, and then, no, it's um, an aunt uh, seducing her her young nephew. Her uh, I feel like he is nephew. seducing her, but <laughs> <laughs> and they're the same age, also. Uh huh. They're right. essentially the same age. Um, she's maybe he's maybe like a year older than her. Anyways, um, that's cool. Yeah, it's uh, cool. <laughs> John, John the floor was just an expected thing. I didn't know. I mean, I I liked their really nice, you know, intimate conversation at the Dragon Pit when they're waiting for Tyrion yeah. to come back. Um, and especially talking about the that she can't have kids. I actually was reading, I think it was on Bustle um, this week about that 
of if I if I if I may digress. Um, so yeah. the the whole thing about she can't have kids. So it was if you've been watching this whole time, read the books, you know that um, she was pregnant with um, uh, Drago's child, Drago's son. He was the the horse that would mount the world, or whatever. This another prince that was promised type character, and so then. Um, they go to this town as they're crossing the um, Great Grass Sea to, to sail to Westeros because he was like, I'm going to go and like, I'm going to capture this kingdom for our son, you know, whatever. So they go to this town and they're, you know, the Dothraki are raping and pillaging. And so she saves this woman, this witch woman, Miri um, M.M. some another name. Um, yeah, Mazdur. Yes. And so the other dude gets mad and like slices Drago and he suffers like this, you know, ending wound so that the witch lady gives Danny all this stuff of like only blood can pay for blood so they slaughter the horse and then she's like don't come in here but it was all a trick right so then the son died Drago was a vegetable and so then the woman basically tells her she gives her like this prophecy I would have to look it up the exact words but basically what it says is like um you know she, Danny asks when will Drago come back to me and she says you know when the moon shines in the day when the sea boils all these like impossible things basically right then when the sun rises in the west and the yes when the sun rises in the west yeah yeah then you will bear children or then then you're you he will come back to you something to that effect so i was reading of this theory that um she never explicitly said like you can't have kids like it was just that you will not be able to have kids until Drago returns. But obviously Drago is dead. And so the theory is, and I, this sounds, you know, as if Khaleesia fan theory is myself, this sounds totally plausible of that. It was more like when a true love, like a, a real love comes again, will mm. you be able to have kids? So obviously oh. she had slept with, Dario Naharis, not really Jorah, but that until John, she had never really loved someone like she has, she loved Drago. So she could still totally have kids if that theory proves to be true of that. It was more once a, you know, earth shattering love comes again, then you can have kids. Right. So they're definitely going to head start on, on the, the kid making. Um, yeah. I, you know, I wrote one other question in here about that, that when it cuts away and there's, there's wow. the dogs wow. don't want to talk about incest. They really don't want me to talk about it. Copy that. Wow. All right. Um, the Tyrion it's thing. Like, They're the same age, dogs. <laughs> yeah. They only share like 12% of the same DNA. Don't worry. Yeah. And like, um, she didn't even know her brother. Like, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, it cuts away to Tyrion, and he, he's somewhere like outside the door. So presumably, he has heard or or seen John enter the room or something. Yeah. Um, such I, a creeper. It was very creepy, and it, I mean, it wasn't like out of character or something. Mm-hmm. But I think I just felt kind of, I just felt uh, it wasn't so much the ickiness of it as as the Jorah thing too. Like, does everyone who follows Danny have to also be in love with her? I mean. I, not that that's not an unreal thing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like her, her, you know, her charisma kind of makes that happen, you know? Yeah. I mean, she's beautiful but, and smart and strong. Right. And yeah, like, why wouldn't you fall in love with her really? 
I, I just felt like ugh, I just it felt unnecessary or something to me. But I, I don't know. It was in character, so I can't like really complain about what it was. Yeah. Um, Peter, Peter and I were cool. talking like why like why did he seem sad? Like right. Yeah. Exactly sure. that. And I think that he really like. I think it, it's just that of like. Tyrion really likes John, and it seems like every other man that Danny has been yeah. with has suffered a, a terrible fate, or that he doesn't want either of them to get hurt, or they don't, he doesn't want either of them to kind of, you know, lose sight of things. But it was, yeah, it was kind of, I thought it was Jorah at first. I was like, ah, oh, poor Jorah. Sorry, sorry, sort of friend zone, but um, I don't really know why <laughs> Tyrion was there. I think someone pointed out too that um, Jorah's talk with, John in the previous episode of like no past long haul onto your children was kind of like his little like stamp of approval of like if that those children happen to be Daenerys's like there you go <laughs> yeah yeah I and I would have thought Tyrion kind of endorsed it too um mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I don't know uh anyway we might as well get to this ending <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> I loved the view of Eastwatch <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. finally gave us this view of this like really sheer cliff that it is built on the side of um, and then how the wall is just right there out Into to the, the edge ocean. of the sea. Yeah. yeah. And when we saw it on um, the map in the opening, I was like, oh, shit. Like <laughs> something important is going to happen because they kept saying like they kept showing old town like in the opening for like three episodes, even after Sam left. And I'm like, this is dumb. And then when they showed Eastwatch, it was like, oh, okay. What's that must be important if they've added it at the very end? Like, oh my god, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, um, uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how to even start us here because I was, I was just really stoked that Taylor finally got his it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's not the I whole can't... wall, but that I was like, I was like, oh, Taylor's gonna be so happy. I, well, I mean, this is like a thing, you know, I, I think one of us sort of floated that last week about like, well, now they've got this dragon, they can melt the wall. And there, didn't we have a brief discussion over whether it would breathe fire or what would happen? And um, I think we did. And obviously it does breathe fire, breathes blue flame, which is pretty sick. Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't know what I thought would happen when they saw the dead come out of the woods. I thought, oh, you know, they, they could seriously just fade out right now you know, or, or, or have like the POV shot from the dead looking up at, at Tormund and Barrack yeah. and it's like cr roll credits, you know? Um, and no, I, I knew as soon as they were there, as soon as the captain <laughs> rolled out, I was like, this shit's coming out. Cause you didn't see the night King and Peter was yeah, like, where yeah, is he? Exactly. Isn't he right there? You go, no, 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 that's his general. And I'm like, he's going to fucking come riding in on this dragon and, and yeah. blow this stuff up. And I thought maybe that the last shot would be very similar to, um, one other when Danny birthed the dragons and the last shot was like the dragon roaring. Um, oh, I thought man. it may be that we would just see the dragon and the night King flying in and it would roar, blow flames and that would be cut. Oh, um, right, right, right. But yeah, this, this made more sense in pacing wise of like now that they're coming in, that they, yeah. they can cross over. Like that's what the war has officially begun. So yeah. Cool. Well, and like you said, that Taylor has, uh, that is really what he has pushed for, for this whole season. He's really hoped that like this episode, the wall would come mm -hmm. down and then all next season would be really the war of the living and the dead. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I, uh, I, I, it was a ter it seemed like a terrible way for Tormund and Beric to go. 
if they did, did their bodies like i'm 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 with you on that like i think that last <laughs> shot of them may have been supposed to indicate that they were on the part of the wall that did not fall yeah and they were watching the wall fall but it was shot from this weird way of like they were looking to the right of the screen and then it cuts back and if they were on the right side of the you know if they were on the left side of the wall looking to the right that was the side that crumbled into the sea and i, I just felt like uh, oh i thought it was opposite oh. i thought they were they would have been on the side opposite the sea well and if they were on the back side of the wall running down the stairs that that would make sense yeah yeah and i think that's because we saw some dudes like falling off and so the, the stair hitting the stairs and stuff so i think and i think too it's just a good yeah. delivery system of um, you know, to have characters that we recognize coming to tell them like shit is happening, like it's going down. Um, and I think too, just how can they possibly make it back before that dragon? Like they're, you know, this is <sighs> sneakily. This is gonna be scary. Sneakily. I wonder if season eight just opens with them hauling ass through the woods. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I just think <laughs> like in a like a real zombie movie, like where they are exactly, just trying yeah. to outrun the dead. I just think Barrick and Tormund just have more, like more than Yara and the Greyjoys. Like I think right. they still have such a big role to play, um, especially Barrick, because we still don't know who the prince was promised and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Oh, you know well, what I we think, forgot to talk about I, though. What's that? This reminded me because Barrick and Tor um, Tormund of that the friggin' hounds speech to the mountain. Ooh, yeah. Well, let me put a pin in that. I, I just wanted to add one thing to about Barrick was um, just to just to back you up on that you know we, there's more to come from them was mm -hmm. totally because of what Barrick said in the last episode where he mm -hmm. it says to John it may be up to us to go after you know to kill the Night King that may be our purpose on Earth why we were brought back right right oh so, yeah just uh, I, yeah That's yeah so, so true. let's okay uh, but yeah. like also I love that actor's voice. He has like okay. a James Mason sort of character voice about him. Like I just love listening to him. Like so, I hope he's not dead. Uh, Barrick. <laughs> yeah, Barrick. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so we get a muted Clegane bowl. It was like barely. It was just like a like Clegane tea party. Like there was just they had like a little chit chat and then he <laughs> bailed. Um, but it was cool and it was you know that it was. I think it goes to show a lot of the hound's growth too. Like the previous hound would have just, you know, been super mean and tried to attack him, but he, you know, he knew he has a bigger purpose now and that, you know, his, that the mountain's time will come and he has kind of, you know, pointed the finger into, you know, pointed the bat into the, the, the right field of like, I'm coming for you. It's not today, but I'm still coming. Don't forget. So I was happy for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah there were a lot of grudges kind of like just like sort of erupting in that moment you know that was that was i wrote down why is theon here uh before any of that happened you know and then the hound comes out and confronts the mountain and then a moment later like euron like interrupts the actual business to, mm -hmm. like like just antagonize <laughs> I theon and i was like come on guys typical <laughs> leave all of these people at home <laughs> um <laughs> Anyway, uh, so uh, I, I did not say this at the top of our episode, um, but the original plan was for you and I to talk like 30 minutes. Taylor's oh. traveling. And then we would, and then I would talk to Taylor and we would, I would edit these two conversations together. Uh, so it was like half with you and half with Taylor. Uh, you and I have talked almost an hour. And oh my God. <laughs> How time flies. I didn't even realize. Taylor, I'm sorry. And you did, you did say that, that Peter was like, yeah, no way. It'll <laughs> just be 30 minutes. Um, 
And and in the meantime, Taylor has texted me to tell me he did watch it on the plane. And he said, well, his first text was just, holy shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so obviously, he's. Uh, I will still talk to him tomorrow. But um, we may put this out as two different episodes. Um, so so listeners may not be able to hear hear all of this like together. So I'll ask you like, wh- you know, what do you think? Like, do you have any quick predictions for what happens in season eight or, or what we see right off the bat? Um, some fighting probably. Um, right off the bat, pro- you know, preparing to go to war, you know, all the major players on the board kind of finally come together, safe for Cersei. She'll like hide out in, in King's Landing, I suppose. Um, and yeah, I just anticipate like, there's just going to be a lot of battles, a lot of, stuff uh, i cersei's deaf gonna die like if she, i thought she was gonna die this episode and the fact that she didn't she's definitely gonna die um i think danny's gonna get pregnant um okay, i yeah. i that's it i think the night king will die and that danny will roast him alive and that her dragon will eat him i hope uh, you know I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing that um uh, I, I binged on a bunch of like YouTube fan theory stuff today and, and tweeted a lot of them out through the, the find us there account, mm-hmm. um, which we'll plug at the end. But I, know, um, I was looking at some of them. <laughs> so one of them was about like, you know, does, does Daenerys have a, is there a bigger role for her to play? And I really like this one. Like maybe she doesn't actually become the, the queen of the seven kingdoms because maybe, mm-hmm. you know, maybe she finds that her, actual reason for being is something sort of bigger in the, in the, you know, the great war. And I really like that idea because it sort of will retroactively justify her talking about how much she deserves this throne for seven years, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, which was the, you know, the sticking point for me as a fan, like just never liking her, like get over it woman. Like Mm -hmm. this, you know, this just come on. Uh, you have a, I, not that I ever thought like, oh, well, she'll serve this bigger purpose in the great war. But I thought, no, you're the liberator. You're not the queen, you know, it's, but, yeah. um, well, I, oh, anyway. I mean, I'm still team, team Danny for, for her being the prince, princess yeah. that was promised. And so I think that falls into that, like that she is the only one who can exactly. defeat the night king. Yeah. Um, well, and they, they, you know, they've sown the seeds last week when Tyrion talks about, um, the succession order mm-hmm. and, and brings up you know, the ways that like the Ironborn do it in a different way. And mm-hmm. in the free cities, they do it this way. And so that's, that, you know, that's already out there of, um, yeah, maybe she becomes the ruler of Westeros, but it's not exactly the queen of the seven kingdoms or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's a, a, you know, a sort of way that they satisfy both of us. She is Azura High and she is the ruler, but she is neither, you know, <laughs> not really the queen on the stupid mm-hmm. sword chair. Stupid sword chair. Yes. Uh, that said, now we're in the plug plug your work uh, section, our our goodbye section, um, and you have a brand new fan theories podcast uh, coming out sometime this week. I will talk to you about the schedule after we stop <laughs> recording. But what is it about? So it is about um, it's a fall movie preview. Um, this actually was your idea, Todd. Um, and so we there was so many good uh, movies coming out in the fall slash winter. So we wanted to talk about at least four big sort of geeky ones, and that's Thor Ragnarok, uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, The Last Jedi, Ooh. and Justice Ooh. League. So nice. yeah, so and there was a lot of really good theories. Um, this episode runs a little bit differently because we just wanted to to go um, you know property by property instead of our usual format. Um, so we talked a lot of really good cool. ones, to be honest. <laughs> That's awesome. I I mean you know uh, 
I have not actually listened to it yet. You sent it to me earlier today. Mm -hmm. I haven't listened. So I will listen after we're done recording and I'm sure it's uh, incredible and I can't wait. <laughs> it sounds cool. So Thanks. that will come out this week. And um, where can people find you on Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that? You can find me at that Emily Kelly. Easy. Yes. And you should do that. <laughs> and you should spell Kelly with an E before the L's and an E after the L's. Yes. Um, EY. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just to make EY. it complicated exactly. my ancestors were like ah we gotta make this really complicated we don't want to be like those other kellys we have to be different from the kellys i know right it's yeah the, the irish <laughs> we are fact, we are we end on the contrary. irish as we yeah. started on the irish uh <laughs> and uh people who are listening to this can find fan theories and also this podcast wednesday and westeros at findusthere.org and you can also search for these podcasts on Stitcher, on iTunes, on Google Play, on Podbean, on um, SoundCloud. Uh, you will find us in all those places. And you will find us on social media at Find Us There. Um, until I talk to you again, Emily, seven blessings. Seven blessings to you.